back. Sorry. Oh, I keep thinking we skipped last week, mm. but it was the we week before. Not. Oh, yeah. Did we? We did? Yeah, yeah it was we like did. a week before. I think last week we didn't do anything. Right. Did we also record on Monday last week? Or yeah, we... we did. Okay. I know that. We okay. recorded on Monday last week. But we skipped the week before. I see. Okay. We've been lazy. Well, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. What else are we going to be? What's new? Uh, nothing. We're lazy as usual. Oh, so nothing new this week for you? Um, I don't know. Uh, hmm. What's, what, what, hmm. Um, hmm. Um, hmm. Is this a bit? Are you going to keep going? <laughs> I can't think of anything. Um, I don't know. I was, I was in a... In intest gastrointestinal distress all day. Me too. I was all, I was all uncomfortable sitting sitting in my chair, in an office all day. My tummy all rumbling. And I'm sorry, sweetie. It's all right. Do you feel better now? I do feel better now. That's good. Yeah, uh, coming home and having a beer did the trick. You had a beer when you came home. Oh, I guess I got home later than you. Yeah, I got home before you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing is really new in the news that I've noticed. Yeah. I also don't really pay attention to anything I had, anymore. I had a thought earlier. I was, gonna, I was listening to another podcast, and I had a thought related to it, but I don't remember what it was. Um, <laughs> good. So that's, that's what I, um, okay. Just, uh, well, there's I'm too just, much I'm silence in here. Yeah, I know. I'm really tired too today. Like I want to go paint my nails and just relax. Yeah, I know. It's Monday. Mondays are for relaxing. Well, <laughs> well, well, this we will couldn't. be a nice, a nice relaxing episode yes. of known unknowns. Nice relaxing episode. Put your feet up. Should we start whispering to do ASMR? Oh, it's an, it's an ASMR note. It's an ASMR. Welcome. Do you feel tingly? I do. Okay, cool. <clears throat> all right. That's all I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully they'll be able to hear that when we enhance stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I got, I'm just gonna, I guess, I don't know. Should I just start into, go into it? I mean, both of our, this might be a short episode, but what's new? Yeah, who cares? We'll sit, we'll pad the end if we need to. We'll like, we'll okay. just play like a full, like, record album or something to close it out the episode if it's too short. Okay. Um, well, I guess I'll just start. I'm first this week. Cool. Okay. Um, so I'm doing a UFO, I'm doing an alien abduction story. Ooh. Another one of the firsts uh, widely known. You remember when I talked about Betty and Barney Hill? Mm-hmm. So this, I think, happened before, but it didn't, it, it was also one of the first widely publicized um, alien abduction story. Okay. So it's like up there with that, but not as... Well known. I think it even happened before their story, but it wasn't as widely talked about until after Betty and Barney. So it's kind of short because there's not. I looked all over. Both of my sources are from Wikipedia. 
two right. Wikipedia pages because I tried to find more articles about it and I just could not find any good. Hmm. Like, it seemed like the Wikipedia page actually did a really good job of, like, combining all of the tiny little articles I could find about it. Uh-huh. So, I just got everything from Wikipedia because they actually, that had the most information. But I also read from other little ones, little articles mm-hmm. that didn't, just just didn't have much detail. Yeah. But it was always, like, different details about different things. hmm You know? Like, sure. all the details were, like, the same, but I, they would emphasize different things in each article. Anyway, so I'm going to be talking about Antonio, Antonio Villas Boas. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. T- who who's that? So Antonio, Antonio, I think Antonio, Anto- Antonio, uh, was a Brazilian Tony. farmer who claimed to have been abducted by extraterrestrials in 1957. Though similar stories had circulated for years beforehand, uh, Vias Boas's claims were among the first alien, alien abduction stories to receive wide attention. Mm-hmm. So, at the time of his alleged abduction, Antonio Vias Boas was a 23-year-old Brazilian farmer who was working at night to avoid the hot temperatures of the day. Common practice. Sure. On October 16th, 1957, he was plowing fields near, what is this? <laughs> uh, Sao Francisco de Sales. When he saw what he described as a red star in the night sky. Ooh. According to his story, this star uh, approached his position growing in size until it became recognizable as a roughly circular or egg-shaped aerial craft with a red light at its front and a rotating uh, cupola cupola on top. The craft began descending to land in the field, extending three legs as it did so. Uh-huh. At that point, Boas decided to run from the scene. <laughs> Smart move. Yeah. yeah. I would say. Um, according to Boas, he first attempted to leave the scene on his tractor, <laughs> but when its lights and engine died after traveling only a short distance, he decided to continue on foot. However, he was seized by a 1.5 meter, or 5 feet tall, humanoid who was wearing gray coveralls and a helmet. Oh. Its eyes were small and blue. And instead of speech, it made noises like barks or yelps. Three similar beings then joined the first in subduing Boas, then dragged him inside their craft. How are you feeling about this so far? Well, I'm feeling like it. Uh, it would be a strange incident to encounter. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was. I was just. Uh, <laughs> Were you reading it? No, no. I oh, was. Okay. I was thinking about the image of him, like. On his tractor, just like slowly uh, no, tractoring away fast. from the uh, the landing UFO flying saucer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the lights coming down, I'm all hunched over. I just... know tractors don't go fast. If you're stuck behind one, you're not going quick. <laughs> Once inside the craft, Boas said that he was stripped of his clothes and covered from head to toe with a strange gel. Hmm. That's weird. Head to toe in gel. Maybe it was like the um, 
that gel they put on the, the woman's stomach to look around in it for the baby. Uh, yeah, whatever. What the, are those? The ultrasound the ultrasound. Gel. I get ultrasounds a lot. Not because I have a baby inside me, <laughs> but because they need to look inside my stomach and bladder for other things, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's a weird, whenever I think of like gel on the body, I think of ultrasound Yeah, maybe gel. maybe going to ultrasound his whole body. His whole body. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He was then led into a large semicircular room through a doorway that had strange red symbols written over it. Boas claimed that he was able to memorize these symbols and later reproduced them for investigators. Hmm. In this room, the beings took samples of Boas's blood from his chin. After from his this, chin. I guess they, I guess they're not familiar with humans, so they don't know where a good place to get blood from is. Yeah, well, maybe right. that's where they draw blood from them. Like yeah, could the be. aliens draw blood from like the chin area, mm-hmm. so they're like, well, let's just draw blood from there on him too. Um, let's see. After this, he was then taken to a third room and left alone for around half an hour. During this time, some kind of gas was pumped into the room, which made Boas become violently ill. See, that's the, that's scary. Like, if they start experimenting on me, that's scary. Like, if they just kind of want to hang out with me for a little while, examine <laughs> me, okay. Sure. But then once I start getting ill from these gas, I'm like, are you trying to murder me? Yeah, If they murder me, I'd be upset. Yeah, that kind of like put a damper on the whole experience. I'd be like, look, you can examine me. You can even poke at me. Just let me go. I don't. No nope. one's gonna believe my story anyway. So right. your cover is not blown if you let me go. <laughs> Shortly after this, Boas claimed that he was joined in the room by another humanoid. Oh, this is good. This, this is where it gets juicy. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. This one, however, was female, very attractive, and naked. Oh boy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She was the same height as the other beings he had encountered, with a small, pointed chin and large, blue, cat-like eyes. All naked and gelled up. (laughs) (laughs) The hair on her head was long and white, somewhat like platinum blonde. But her underarm and pubic hair were bright red. (laughs) Okay. Boas said he was strongly attracted to the woman. And the two had sexual intercourse. <laughs> Good for him. During this act, okay. that's how Wikipedia put it. During this act, Boas noted that the female did not kiss him, but instead nipped him on the chin. So they really like chins. They're a very chin-focused species. Do you want me to start biting your chin? I don't know. Would you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Okay. When it was all over, the female smiled at Boas, rubbing her belly and gestured upwards. Boas. <laughs> <laughs> Let me so. just give you this picture. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> was she making that face too? The- I was just smiling like she was, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Boaz took this to mean that she was going to raise their child in space. (laughs) All right. Oh, sure. The female seemed relieved that their task was over. (laughs) 
(laughs) And Boas himself said that he felt angered by the situation because he felt as though he had been little more than a good stallion for the humanoids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was excited about this until she wasn't that into it. (laughs) Until she expressed that she didn't like it very much. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Boas said that he was then given back his clothing and taken on a tour of the ship by the humanoids. Mm. During this tour, he said that he attempted to take a clock-like device as proof of his encounter, but it was caught by the humanoids and prevented from doing so. Don't Don't rock the boat. Yeah, don't steal Uh, from the flying saucer. There are so many of them in one of you. Just follow their orders and they will let you go. That's what I'm saying. If they want you to have something, they'll give it to you. I know. He was then escorted off the ship and watched as it took off, glowing brightly. Then Boas returned home. He discovered that four hours had passed. You know, that's really interesting because a lot of people's abduction stories include them getting pregnant and then their baby being raised in space. Yeah. We've talked about another case like that, and then whenever I was researching that case... It's like a big, a lot of people believe they've been abducted, more than you'd think, believe they have a baby in space because they were abducted and got someone pregnant. Very interesting. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It is weird. Antonio Villas Boas later became a lawyer, married, and had four children. (laughs) Okay. Good for him. Farmer turned lawyer. He stuck to his story of his alleged abduction for his entire life. Though some sources say he died in 1992, he died on January 17, 1991. I don't know why there's conflicting stories about his death, but okay. Hmm. So, the investigation. Following this alleged event, Boas claimed to have suffered from nausea and weakness, as well as headaches and lesions on the skin, which appeared without any kind of light bruising. Eventually, he contacted journalist journalist Jose Martins, who had placed an ad in a newspaper looking for people who had had experiences with UFOs. Upon hearing Boas's story, Martins contacted Dr. Olavo Fontes of the National School of Medicine of Brazil. Fontes was also in contact with the American UFO research group, APRO. A-P-R-O. Okay. I'm going to say APRO. Fontes Fontes examined the farmer and concluded that he had been exposed to a large dose of radiation uh, from some source and was now suffering from mild radiation sickness. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. So, I mean, maybe... That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe it was from the farm or something. I don't know. Yeah. If you don't want to believe it, maybe he was just having hallucinations from the radiation sickness. Right. But if you do want to believe it, he totally got radiation sickness from the ship. Interesting. Right? Writer Terry Melanson states, quote, among Boas's symptoms were pains throughout the body, nausea, headaches, loss of appetite, ceaselessly burning sensation in the eyes. Can, uh, uh, cut- how do you say this? Cutaneous. Cutaneous lesions on the slightest of light bruising, at the slightest of light bruising, uh, which went on appearing for months, looking like small 
reddish nodules harder than the skin around them and protuberant. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Painful when touched, each with a small central orifice yielding a yellowish thin waterish discharge. The skin surrounding the wounds presented a hyperchromatic violet tinged area. (laughs) According to the, so something happened to this man. (laughs) I don't know what happened. I mean, I will, you know, if I, you know, I buy his story. He seems like a credible guy, (laughs) but also I don't know. He just seems like something genuinely happened to him, <laughs> and I feel so, very bad. Right, something happened. Maybe it was radi. I mean, it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it said he had radiation sickness. Yeah, this is terrible. Okay. Um, according to researcher Peter Rogerson, the first the story first came to light in February 1958, and the earliest definite print references to Boas's story was. From April to June 1962, issue of the Brazilian UFO periodical SBESDV Bulletin. (laughs) Rogerson notes that the story had definitely circulated between 1958 and 1962 and was probably recorded in print, but that details are uncertain. Hmm. Okay. Boas was able to recall every detail of his purported experience without the need for hypnotic regression. Further, Boas's experience occurred in 1957, which was still several years before the famous Hill abduction, which made the concept of alien abduction famous and opened the door to many other reports of similar experiences. So he didn't just pull from their story, I guess. Uh, Let's see. Researcher Peter Peter Rogerson... Uh, however, doubts the veracity of Boas's story. He notes that several months before Boas first related his claims, a similar story was printed in the November 1957 issue of the periodical o, the Periodical O Cruzeiro. I really genuinely tried. Mm-hmm. And suggests that Boas borrowed details of this earlier account, uh, along with elements of the contactee stories of George... Adamski. Maybe which, the aliens were just abducting other people, too. You, you gotta get more than one. Exactly. Uh, so, who is George Adamski? Yeah, who is They're he? saying that he borrowed details of his account or something. I don't, I don't know why I added this, but I decided to look up who George Adamski is. Okay. Who's George Adamski? Which I should probably just do a separate topic on him. But I'm gonna <laughs> read right, a little time. bit at... George Adamski uh, was a Polish-American author who became widely known in ufology circles and to some degree in popular culture after he claimed to have photographed spaceships on March 21, 1950. Adamski later claimed to have met with friendly Nordic alien space brothers. (laughs) I want to meet friendly Nordic alien space brothers. Nordic space brothers? (laughs) Yep. And to have taken flights with them to the moon and other planets. So this guy seems okay. fun. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, Adamski was the first and most famous of several so-called UFO contactees who came to prominence during the 1950s. Adamski called himself a philosopher, teacher, student, and saucer researcher. Cool guy. Yeah. Although most investigators concluded his claims were an elaborate hoax and that Adamski himself was a charlatan and a con artist. 
Adamski authored three books describing his meetings with what was that? Oh, uh, three uh, three books describing his meetings with Nordic aliens and his travels with them aboard their spaceships. I need to read these. Yeah, I want to know about his adventures with the Nordic space brothers. <laughs> I need to know. I need to know. Why are they Nordic? I don't know. That's what they're, they're, they're not. <laughs> they're not from here. I don't know. Um. So one of them is that one's called Flying Saucers Have Landed, co-written with Desmond Leslie in 1953, Inside the Spaceships in 1955, and Flying Saucers Farewell in 1961. <laughs> the first two books were both bestsellers. By 1960, they had sold a combined 200,000 copies. In addition to his contributions to ufology uh, in the United States, Adamski's work became very popular in Japan and helped inspire many depictions of aliens and UFOs in post-war Japanese culture and media. I need to... I should read that book and then do do an episode yeah, you on that book. Yeah. Because I want to know about his adventures with the Nordic Space Brothers. Yeah, I know. I need to know. Okay. Well, Rogerson... Also, now back to the back to the the story we're telling. Yes. So, Rogerson also argues, quote, one reason why the Boas story gained credibility was the prejudiced assumption that any farmer in the Brazilian interior had to be an illiterate peasant who couldn't make this up. <laughs> <laughs> As Ellie Bullard pointed out to me, the fact that the Vias Boas family possessed a tractor put them well above the, quote, peasant class. <laughs> we know now that AVB was a determinately upwardly mobile young man, studying a correspondence course and eventually becoming a lawyer, at which news the uf ufologists, who had considered him too much the rural simpleton to have made the story up now, argued that he was too respectful, respectable... And how do you say this? Bourgeois. 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 To have done so. So Yuval just first said, oh, he's too, he, he's, he wouldn't make this up because he's stupid. He's but too then dumb when he became make. a lawyer, they're like, well, see how credible he, he's so respectable. Yeah, He exactly. couldn't have made this up. <laughs> That's all I got. End all of right. story. Good story. What do you think? All right. Do you think well, he has a space baby? There are, s I don't know about that. What? It's possible. Maybe he does. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he is the space baby. I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. I don't. I, I don't believe know. it. I don't know. I want to believe it. <laughs> I want to. I want to know if it didn't happen. How did he get that sick? And why lesions? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. Mm -hmm. Um. The you know the chin thing is very specific. It is very specific. And an, an interesting an interesting concept. To draw blood from the chin or to nip at the chin during well, sexual the intercourse? I, the fact that this species of alien beings are are their 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 chin plays such an important role in everything. Yeah. It's weird because you know, you draw blood here generally from the arm. Yeah. But like the arm isn't that, and where they draw the blood in the little elbow crease or the or the wrist, it's not that 
not that important for us, but it seems right. like where they draw blood is all, I don't know, they just like the chin area. I guess, I guess. so, I yeah. Well, they got long pointed ones. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And they're, they're, they're dressed in gray. They're little beady eyes. Beady eyes. Okay, you want to go now? Yeah. Okay. What's your story about this week? My, mine is also, um, my, mine is also outer space. Really? Yeah. We didn't plan that. No, we didn't. We don't plan anything on this <laughs> podcast. No, we don't. All right. Um, but I'm going to start off on, uh, on the earth. Okay. Talking about my thing. So in the Hawaiian oral tradition, uh, there is a demigod figure called Maui. Maui. Uh, he, he, I don't know, I guess he appears in the, he's in the movie Moana, that the, the guy The Rock plays. Oh, yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah. And I, I've never seen it, so I, I You've can't. You've never seen Moana? No. What? Weird. Okay. <laughs> what? That's, that's not very weird. That is very weird. Everyone has seen Moana. I don't think that's true. That's very true. Who has not seen Moana? Well, I you haven't. You didn't go see it in theaters when it came out? No. When would I have done that? I don't know. I did it. Yeah. You we saw were... it with other people. And who else am I going to see it with? Other people. Who? Me. You, you didn't You didn't like it. You wouldn't have wanted to see it again. Yeah, I thought it was okay. <laughs> I, I didn't mean... really... I didn't want to see it. Okay, fine. Especially since you said it was just okay. Yeah, it was just okay. All right, fine. We'll watch Moana. Okay. Sometime. It was good. I just, yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry I haven't seen I thought the rocks part was kind of strange. I was like, this is (laughs) kind of dumb, but okay. Well, you get to hear more about him now. Great. Uh, He has a magical fish hook that can catch anything, though he, he rarely uses it for actual fishing. Um, instead, uh, usually using it to get up to mischief and stuff. Uh, in one such instance, he convinced his brothers to take him out fishing in their boat, um, and Maui snagged his fish hook into the ocean floor. Um, he told his brothers that he had a huge fish on the line, and told them to paddle as hard as they could. And the brothers rowed with all their might, and so intent were they that they didn't notice the land rising out of the water behind them. Maui repeated the trick several more times, and the Hawaiian Islands were born. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that story. You know what I didn't like about Maui in the... I didn't like his songs. They okay. made me uncomfortable a little bit. I was like, eh. They were just kind of cringy, his songs. <laughs> like, I liked the story, but some of the music was just kind of meh to me. Okay. You know? Sure. I know a lot of people liked it, but I wasn't a huge fan of all of it. Okay. That's what I'll say. I liked the movie, but especially the rock songs. I was like, what is happening? This is not good. I just wanted to say that. That's okay. That's all. Continue. <laughs> you can continue now. Um, one of these islands would one day be given the same name as him. Uh, the island of Maui. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And on the island yeah. of Maui, there's a great dormant volcano that figures into another story about the trickster demigod. Uh, Maui's mother, Hina, uh, complained to him that her kappa, a kind of traditional fabric made from bark fibers, uh, couldn't dry thoroughly because the days are too short. Hmm. Uh, So Maui climbed to the top of the mountain with a rope made from his sister's hair and lassoed the sun as it rose in the morning. 
Um, the sun pleaded for its life, and they arrived at a compromise. Uh, that half of the year, the sun would move more slowly across the sky to make the days longer. Oh. And, uh, you know, of course, that's where seasons come from. I like that. Um, and it is, it's probably or in some way connected to this story that the, that the mountain uh, that he went to the top of is called Haleakala, or House of the Sun. Hmm. Um, uh, so the mountain... Um, on Maui, Haleakala's altitude has been useful for modern people looking skyward as well. Um, in 1961, the Haleakala Observatory was established, the first astronomical observatory in Hawaii. Uh, one of the facilities at the observatory complex is the Panoramic Survey Telescope and Rapid Response System, or PAN-STARS. PAN-STARS. Which continually surveys the night sky for moving or variable objects. Mm-hmm. So, on October 19th, 2017, Rob- Robert Wyrek was at Pan Stars uh, to search for asteroids approaching the Earth. Okay. Um, when a dim shape appeared. Oh no, is this about UFOs too? Uh, I guess kinda. I, I don't know, I mean, and, and yeah. Okay. When a dim shape appeared, he thought he had found one, um, he, and... Uh, he said, um, quote, but then I was able to locate it in two images from the previous night. And when I combined them together, the orbit didn't make sense. After collecting additional observations, uh, Wyrick and his colleague Marco Mich- Michelli uh, concluded that the object's trajectory indicated that it had originated from outside our solar system. Ooh, so it is like a UFO thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, which, which is a big deal. Um, that is a big deal. By accident, Wyrick had discovered the first ever uh, interstellar object. Um, the first thing recorded to what? have visited our solar system from another. This, whoa. Yeah. Our stories go so well together. I know. Other observers soon trained their instruments on the object. And it, um, it also provided a unique case for the International Astronomical Union. Uh, the body responsible for naming astronomical objects. Hmm. Uh, first, it was called C-2017-U1, as it was assumed to be a comet at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was when it was found to lack comet-like characteristics, it was reclassified as an asteroid, A-2017-U1. But when its interstellar origins were confirmed, the IAU had to create an entirely new classification. It became 1I-2017-U1. Uh, one for the first of its kind, I for interstellar, 2017, the year it was discovered, and U1 refers to the half month it was discovered in. Um, U the second is the second half of October, and it was the first such object discovered in that period. Okay. The IAU also adopted another name for it, by which it is more commonly known. Um, in consultation with Kai Ukimura and Larry Kimura, professors of the Hawaiian language and Hawaiian studies at the University of Hawaii Hilo, it was named Oumuamua, translating Oumuamua. roughly as uh, first, uh, first distant messenger or hmm. messenger from afar arriving first or something like that. I like Muamua and first arriving mess. Like yeah. it's, it's a cool translation Oumuamua. and it sounds cool. Oumuamua. Oumuamua. Like it's... So all flows off the tongue. I know it's a good name. It is a nice name. It's a good name for a 
an interstellar object. It is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Further study of Oumuamua uncovered more mysteries. It was long and thin like a cigar, ten times as long as it was wide. In fact, the most elongated object ever observed. Um, <laughs> like I in the sky? In, in, in space, yeah. In our solar system. Hmm. Um, it tumbled end over end through space at a speed much higher than the solar system exit velocity. And most perplexingly, it was getting faster than it would with only our solar system's gravity acting on it. It behaved similarly to a comet in some ways, but showed no signs of dust or ice or water and lacked the tail of a vapor that goes the coma that yeah. go behind comets. Mm -hmm. it didn't have that. Um, uh, it, w it was um, red-ish, reddish in color. I mean, it was only, it was so small and distant that it really only ever appeared as like a small like a point of light on the screen but that point of mm -hmm. light was reddish in color uh similar to like an asteroid coming from the outer reaches of our solar system okay um at its closest it came about 15 million 400 thousand miles from earth um about a quarter of the distance between the earth and the sun hmm. um the list of things we don't know about Oumuamua is far longer uh we don't know where it came from uh, Oumuamua entered our solar system, um, so sort of coming from above, kind of, hmm. if that makes sense. Um, uh, it's from the direction of the star Vega, uh, but the distance it traveled is so far that Vega would have been nowhere near its current location when it passed that point 300,000 years ago. Do they think it's like a craft or like a rock of some kind? Well, or like a star? Or like a, are the, you going to get into all, that? Yeah, there are different theories about it. Okay. Uh, we don't know what it's made of. It's been theorized that it's a giant iceberg of hydrogen or nitrogen or something, hmm. um, which could explain its acceleration um, as like things, as like the gas melts, it kind of pushes it forward, kind of. Um, but as I've mentioned, it showed no signs of a tail, and the distance it traveled to get here is so long, that so far, that it's extremely unlikely that any um ball or mass of um you know uh, ice and dust and stuff could have held together for that long yeah. over that big of a distance mm -hmm. um others have theorized that it is an alien spacecraft um or that's perhaps it. the wreckage of one propelling itself through space oh, on a light sail that's interesting yeah uh, this the, this theory is um most most supported by uh uh, Professor Avi Loeb um, from the chair of Harvard's astronomy department. Um, he he, he co-wrote a paper um, that examined Oumuamua's peculiar acceleration and suggested that the object may be a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth's vicinity by an alien civilization. Yeah, my theory was, well, not... Um, I, I was thinking it could be something... Like not like a spaceship that aliens are traveling on, or but mm -hmm. just kind of like a like a little pro a yeah, probe, yeah, like probe thingy. Like we send that kind of stuff into space. Mm -hmm. They probably sent that thing out into the in space. Could be, yes. Yeah. So and then maybe it just traveled further than they thought it their would. Their version just, of the Voyager probe. Yeah, I mean that doesn't seem too unlikely because, I mean, it's not. It would sound like their technology is not that much to mm -hmm. like not too much more advanced than ours 
Yeah. That way. Because if they're traveling all the way here in like a spaceship, that means they are way more technologically advanced. Right, right. But mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they wouldn't necessarily have to be. Um, you know, um, yeah. the the SETI program um, that... Wait, has, I have a question. Yeah. How did they determine for sure that it came from somewhere not in our universe? Uh, in our... So the, this in our uh, what? our solar system. Our solar system. Sorry. Um. Basically, so the basically the speed and trajectory that it was going. It so was they like, have officially determined it didn't come from our solar yeah, system. Yeah, it was like coming like oh, too fast so cool. and from you know the a very hyperbolic angle. So it definitely came it from definitely somewhere came else. Came from somewhere else. Not not our, our solar, solar system. system. That's Nowhere crazy. We, yeah, nowhere we because it doesn't have to be there. like a spaceship with aliens. It could right. just be like another rock form, some kind of formation in another solar system. Yeah, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The Spitzer Space Telescope did not detect any heat in the form of infrared radiation from Oumuamua. Um, given the uh, surface temperature, um, well, it, it's uh, it must be unusually shiny, basically, for the reflectance. Huh. Um, none, of, none of the uh, brightness is coming from it, it, it uh, giving out heat or anything. That is so fascinating. Um, and yeah, as I said, the, the SETI program um, that scans space for, um, you know, uh, extraterrestrial uh, communications and radio stuff and stuff. They they studied it intently, but they couldn't find any evidence of any like communication coming to or from it and mm. anything anything like that at all. Mm. No, they couldn't. They could. They detected no signs of life or communication. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Where was I? Um. Others have theories that it's an alien spacecraft on a light sail. Um, the most recent theory to gain attention uh, from, I think, uh, this March of this year um, is that it is a chunk broken off from some far distant planet. Um, yeah. Like a, um, or, and it may, rather than being cigar-shaped, it might be more pancake-shaped. Okay. So, like, yeah. a, 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 a big chunk. Just a hunk of rock that like broke off of an an exopluto. So where of... did this thing go? Well, just somewhere else, or is it still hanging out? No. Um. So well, when we when we noticed it on uh, October nineteenth, um, yeah, October nineteenth, it was already heading away from Earth. It had already like passed around the sun, and so it was already speeding hmm. off away from us into the universe. Um, and you know, with without a magic lasso or demigod strength, we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't slow it down to study it anymore. And so by mid September, mid December, twenty seventeen, uh, our visitor was too small and too distant to be ever s- to be seen even by the most powerful telescopes. That is wild to me. Yeah, I know. Because like, we haven't even been able to figure out anything outside of our solar system, right? uh yeah not not much no so that's crazy Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean so there has been since uh oumuamua in 2018 there was one other interstellar object discovered um and it is called uh 2i borisov um it was the object was discovered uh no in 20 
30th of August, 2019 in uh, Crimea. Um, and it, it, and it, to make things weirder, just acts like you would, like they would expect a regular comet to act like coming from outside of the solar system, like a rogue comet from some of their star system. And it, it has, it, it has all like the characteristics of a comet and stuff, something that we would expect. And so it's not like, so how do they know it's not from here? Uh, because it also was on a trajectory and at a rate of speed that would mean that it couldn't be orbiting our sun, basically. Hmm. And that's that's basically because I mean, fascinating. yeah, I mean, that's so cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, like the the idea. I don't know. Um, that's I wonder pretty if much anything I... from our solar system has broken off and went into another solar system <laughs> yeah, or something. Maybe we in the know. very distant and path. And someone else's... Um, you don't think so? How would we know? Well, yeah, exactly. If a rock from our solar system had just traveled into another solar system. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's possible. It is possible. Why not? <laughs> we wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, it would have to break off with a lot of force is the thing. Um, so it would have to be... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible that, like, before, like, we were studying space and stuff, that happened, maybe. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, the Voyager 1 spacecraft is the first man-made object to leave our solar system. Um, I guess I think Mm -hmm. the only man-made object to leave our solar system. Yeah. That's, that's I guess, the only thing we know of, other than Oumuamua and the Borisov object, too. I guess leave our solar system. Yeah, I don't know. to come into and leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's it's a very mysterious. I hope it was like a probe or something from another planet. Yeah, I know. I mean, and it's a very it's a very strange shape for an object to be traveling through space. Like mm-hmm. they tend to be much less elongated than it is. Yeah. Rotating on its axis about every eight hours, while traveling at like a hundred and like two hundred thousand miles per hour. I don't know. That's crazy. Anything else? Um, no, that's about it. We just don't know much about it. We like know yeah, almost cool. nothing because we had very little time to study it before it left. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool, though. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something was making it go away from the... It was speeding up as it was traveling away from the sun. Like, uh, you would expect that as the sun is, like, mm. pulling on it, it would slow it down. But that wasn't what was happening. So, like, with comets... So it what... kind of defies what we know as <laughs> right, logic yeah. in like, our solar system. Mm-hmm. That can happen with, like, you know, comets or... Um, you know, I guess big frozen ice things where like as the sun heats something up on that side and it will, you know, it'll evaporate or, you know. Yeah, but it didn't display any characteristics of that yeah, that exactly. were similar to a comet yeah, or like right. ice. There's no, <laughs> like, no evidence of like uh, vapor or dust or so anything So it's probably of it. some kind of so thing it, that we don't, like some yeah. kind of material that we don't know something about. Something that we don't understand. Which is crazy. To accelerate. Yeah. Because it should have been slowing down. Like some, yeah, material, material or element that we don't know about mm-hmm. that know. doesn't exist in our solar system that we know of. Mm-hmm. I know. 
Yeah, that's all. Oh my God. Space is so cool. I should have been an astronaut. It's <laughs> all right. Whatever. There's still time. That's true. Can always. Astronauts have to spend a lot of time away from home, though. So that's true. I can't really you. have like a family or a or a podcast. A life. Or a podcast. I couldn't do this anymore. <laughs> no. I can't become an astronaut. I couldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's Oumuamua. That's awesome. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. That was way cooler than mine. Yours was pretty cool. Well, I want to go paint my nails. Okay, cool. So this this is the Shorter, end of the podcast. Like, yeah. Um, it's a good, good, good topics this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, space themed. It's the space episode. Yeah. Uh, I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been... Known Unknowns. Melinda Gates. Hello. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.